Welcome to the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Confidential here on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. I guess I'm introducing the show, Jim. Jim's mic's not on. There we go. We're here. I'm here. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to the first Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News, with Colin Likas, our point guard, former quarterback. Evan Kahn, uh, Tamara McDaniel here till 7 o'clock, kicking off a season's worth of boys and girls basketball coverage. There's no show Absolutely. like it. Nope, no show like but it. i tell you what, football was such a success in our <laughs> area this year, unprecedented success That's with right. two state champions. We can't leave without uh, tipping our hats to those state champs. So we got guys from Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, and Monticello here in the house in the mm-hmm. beautiful News Gazette Media Studios. Yep. Before we get to basketball, is that right, Colin? That's right, yep. We're going to spend the first half of this show uh, talking about uh, high school football. We couldn't quite uh, we couldn't quite leave it after two state champions, so we, uh, like Jim said, we brought in some of the guys from each team, and we're going to we're gonna get the lowdown on uh, how they were able to win their state titles and, you know, what it's been like uh, ever since. So we're going we're gonna to lead off with Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, which won the Class 2A state championship, defeated Moroa Forsyth 35-16 to last Friday at Memorial Stadium. Joined now by a quartet of Falcons, we've got Coach Mike Allen, we've got Lane Harden, we've got Bryce Barnes, and we've got Hayden Workman. Guys, uh, thanks so much for joining me. And uh, Mike, I will uh, have you uh, hit lead off here with the first question. Uh, is this as much of a whirlwind right now as it was this time last year when you won the state championship? Uh, very similar. Um, you know, we, we didn't know what to expect last year. This year we did at least, uh, so that makes it a little easier to handle and to have things already planned out ahead of time what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Well, uh, Bryce, uh, after uh, after the win over Moroa Foresight, their coach, Josh Jostis, uh, he said you were a man out there uh, with regard to your tackling. Uh, what does it mean to, to be uh, described that way by, by a coach like that? Uh, it means a lot. Their program is uh, very successful, and uh, just uh, being able to, I guess, dominate the up front and uh, make plays uh, that makes them have to worry about me and uh, worry about the rest of our D-line, so it's uh, it's an honor. How do you feel like you performed out there? Do you feel like you, you kind of earned that moniker of playing like a man? Uh, a little bit of both. I, I think I could have done some things a little bit better offensively and defensively I think I uh, got away from my uh, gap responsibility a couple of their uh, quarterback long runs so uh, I think it was a fair well-founded founded game and uh, you know we'll hopefully be back watching our uh, team go back next year. Well, Hayden, uh, talking with uh, Jared Trantina after the game, uh, he told me that uh, the, the line was to credit for a lot of his running success, and uh, you're a big part of both of the lines. How do you feel like you guys performed uh, during that game? Um, I think we did pretty well. I mean, coming off uh, having one of our worst games, uh, EPC, I mean, we had to definitely show out, um, definitely for the state championship. So, yeah, I think all of us uh, blocked the whistles blue and uh, – we tried our hardest, and we came out with the win. Well, uh, on the defensive line side of things, uh, you guys made things really tough on their offensive linemen. Uh, Ian Benner, their quarterback, was scrambling around all day. What was the key to uh, hassling their quarterback so much? Um, I think it was just uh, an, an entire D-line. I mean, mm-hmm. we're in the summer we put in the work, and we've 
done so much weight training and stuff like that. I think just our our strength was able to push their offensive line back and put pressure on them and make um, their quarterback throw the ball when he didn't want to. Sure. Now, uh, Lane, uh, you were part of a, uh, a touchdown on special teams in that game. Uh, you and Bryce uh, chased down a, a botched uh, lateral attempt by Moreau Forsyth in the fourth quarter. Was, did that play surprise you at all? Were you expecting something like that? Uh, <clears throat> we knew that they were going to kind of throw something weird at us. You know, we, we knew that they had to try something to get a quick score on us. Uh, I saw the saw the one of the return men rolling out and I knew it was going to be a reverse of some kind and then I saw the ball on the ground and uh just went after it yeah what, what's going through your head at that point how are you able to I guess kind of stay home so that you're able to recover that for a touchdown and not have Maroa cover it for for fewer points uh you know I was I was honestly just thinking I, I was going to tackle him in the end zone but uh the way it worked out he he ran past it and opened up a gap for me to jump on it you know and then it was just excitement at yeah. that point yeah talking with members of the uh, gcms falcons football team state champions in uh, class 2a mike throw it back to you for this one uh you went through some uh, some lean years at, at gcms when you first started way back in 2001 uh, what does it mean now to have back-to-back state champions on your on your resume there uh it, it just um means that ki- the, you know the kids stuck with the program believed in what we're doing um and, and, and you know we, we've always had, you know, several kids buy in, but when you have a whole team buy in, when you have 18 seniors and then have the, the you know, the, the juniors and the sophomores and then having a freshman be able to help and to be able to be accepted, you know, four classes to come together like that, uh, it means a lot as a coaching staff mm-hmm. to see groups and uh, have success. And when you tell them and preach for so long, you know, if you keep working hard, good things will happen. And for something like this to happen to them, uh, it, it's it's special because they believe in what you, the coaches are telling them. Mm-hmm. And uh, compared to back when you started in 2001, I mean, how have things changed over there at Gibson City? Not just with the you know the success level, but just everything that surrounds the football program. Uh, it, it starts with our youth football program mm-hmm. doing a great job. You know, uh, these guys uh, you know won when they were in youth football, mm-hmm. and sex, success breeds success. Uh, you know, Jeremy uh, Duke was our coach all through youth football and did a yeah. great job with them, along with several other coaches. But they they kept coming back and playing. They were having fun, and then you know they then they got into the weight program and pushed themselves and eating right, and, and just a lot of a lot of good things happened to them, and, and they kept going. Yeah, uh, guys, uh, players, I want to ask you all the same question, and uh, Bryce, we'll start with you. Besides the state championship win, favorite moment from this 2018 season. Uh, I'd definitely probably say the comeback, I guess you could say comeback win against EPC. Mm-hmm. We didn't play our best game, came out uh, third quarter, uh, kind of dominated up front, and then uh, came out with that big touchdown in the fourth quarter. So just seeing the fans, you know, go all that way mm-hmm. just to see us kind of perform that bad, you know, they're still behind our back and that was just a big win for us. Yeah, yeah. when you say, you know, one of your worst games of the year, I mean, for a lot of teams, they would probably still take that game. But, I mean, how are you guys able to, to fight through that adversity? Uh, just because we've been there before. You know, mm-hmm. we all thought back to uh, the Moroa game when we were down mm-hmm. uh, in the state championship, you know, the biggest game of our lives. So, mm-hmm. you know, coaches always told us stay calm and, you know, things will work out, and that's exactly what happened. Well, Hayden, uh, I'll turn it over to you now. Uh, besides the state championship game, favorite moment from the 2018 season? I think uh, probably the bus ride over to EPC. I okay. mean, the three-hour bus ride was, was pretty fun. I mean, we're kind of just uh, all chilling out and just having fun, relaxing, and 
to able be able to enjoy those moments with all my teammates is is awesome and then come out and play the game and win and um be really happy on the busway back is really nice i thought that was a a cool moment is just those bus rides yeah so. one thing that I, I don't think gets talked about uh, a lot is those back-to-back uh, long bus rides you guys had not yeah. only epc but sterling newman the week before i mean how's that something you guys how do you how do you prepare for something like that especially with uh, with how high the stakes are yeah i don't know i mean just we knew that we had to uh just get the job done and i mean even though it was a two and a half hour bus ride the first time and then a three hour bus drive i mean we're kind of used to it we went to west carroll last year mm-hmm. and uh we kind of know those bus rides are um we don't play our best but um we definitely uh we played good against newman and we came out with the win in both the bus rides so i mean it's pretty good absolutely and lane uh, you'll be uh uh, last one here your favorite moment from this season that was not the state championship one uh, <clears throat> I would probably say uh, the hope game you know okay. we knew they were going to be a really good team uh, we had to prepare for them and just how our uh, defense stepped up and played against one of the more athletic teams that we had faced up to that point I think that that was really special to see yeah what is uh, what is it like playing a team from from up in Chicago how different is that from like you said what you had seen throughout the year before that uh as far as like a Chicago team is, you know, you hear the name Chicago and you know that it's going to be like you had the predetermined, you know, thought that they're going to be pretty good. And we, mm-hmm. we knew they were athletic. And once once they came onto the field and we saw them, you know, they were a really athletic team just like we had thought. But I think our se- defense stepped up and played just like we would play against any other team. And I think we really stepped up that game. Very good. Mike, I'll uh, give you the last question here before we uh, head out for a break. Are you going to take the state trophy kayaking? <laughs> um, uh, we might if we can. You know, I don't know. They probably wouldn't let me. Now yeah. I'm gonna, and now I'm gonna have to live this one down forever, Colin. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I brought it up because I, I during the press conference after the game, <clears throat> uh, you you said don't flip over, and I reported it as don't tip over because that's what I heard on the recording, and yeah. I went back and listened again. I said, oh man, I messed that up. But just for the listeners, the uh, people who you know maybe didn't read the story, explain that mantra how it applies to football. We <laughs> great kids are giving them a little yeah. bit of a hard time. Um, they Coach McNutt and I always go kayaking, and Blake mm-hmm. Warren, we always go kayaking on the Sangamon River, have a blast, just get out and kind of relax. And sure. uh, you get in some situations sometime where you get stuck under a tree, and, and it, you know, when you first go, you you panic, sure. you, you know, the first reaction is panic, and you learn don't panic, you know, remain calm because if you panic, you're going to tip over, something bad's going to happen, mm-hmm. remain calm. And just you know, keep your mind clear and and relax, and think good things will happen. And we we do tell them that all the time. Be calm. You know, last year in the state championship, we really had talked about that, talked mm-hmm. about it with our parents and our fans. You know, stay calm, don't yell at the officials. You know, because once that happens, everybody gets a little more tense, a little sure. tight, and uh, it's really helped. And and the coaches, we don't go in at halftime and yell and scream at them. You know, we'll get on them a little sometimes, but we're not yelling and screaming. Even pregame, we're not doing a lot of that. It's, hey, rem- remain calm, have fun, and, uh, you know, don't panic. Very good. Well, GCMS football, well represented here today. Um, Coach Mike Allen, along with Bryce Barnes, Hayden Workman, and Lane Harden, thanks again for joining me, guys, on the uh, the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential, which has a little football flair this week. Uh, when we come back from our first break, we're going to be joined by a few faces from state champion Monticello. We'll be right back.
The Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Confidential continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. 6.15, Jim Ross with Colin Likas. We're going to get to some basketball sooner oh, we or later, but you know what? We're not done with football yet because uh, we got more, yet. we got more state champs in the in the house. That's right. Yeah, we uh, we we had to bring Monticello in too. If we were going to bring Gibson City, and we we're going to bring Monticello in too. The uh, Class Three A state champion Sages for the first time in program history. Uh, joined now by Cully Welter, head coach, and players Jack Spence and Henry Dawson. Uh, Cully, I'll levy the first question to you. Uh, has it even sunk in at this point that uh, you you headed the first ever state football champ? in in Monticello history yes and no um I'm I'm still kind of reveling in the uh, the euphoria of the victory and (laughs) uh and the joy of all the kids so uh but yeah it has registered that we did did accomplish it (laughs) well uh throughout the season uh the one thing uh, you guys we we talked about how athletic your team was but a lot of a lot of maybe uh, guys against you would say you know not a lot of size that would be your undoing and it never was you guys went undefeated what did it mean to kind of prove the doubters wrong in that respect yeah, I think we we use that as a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. We we heard it uh, even in the, as late in, as the quarterfinals and the playoffs that uh, we were small, that we lacked uh, physicality, as we like to call it, and uh, and it was something we wanted to prove was not the case. And and certainly we were tested to the uh, tested quite a lot by Byron in that area, but uh, our kids hung tough the whole game and were able to to pull pull through. Well, Jack, I'll uh, hand this next question to you. Uh, when you see that uh, that 95-yard uh, touchdown pass from uh, from Braden Snyder to Alec Bundy in the second quarter, what are the emotions like on the sidelines at that point? Oh, everybody is just thrilled. Um, everybody's jumping up and down. The whole you hear the whole stadium light up mm-hmm. from our side, of course, but. <laughs> Uh, and even the players on the field, everybody's jumping up and down, trying to pretty much beat Alec into the end zone to celebrate with him, and it's just awesome. Yeah. Were you surprised to see a play like that happen, or did you, did you expect that maybe the first score of the game would be something big like that? Well, I knew Alec had potential to do that, mm-hmm. and he has his whole life. He's very athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking something – big was going to happen to set the game off like it usually does Mm -hmm. either the other team gets real close to the goal line and we have to stop them Mm -hmm. which really gets us set into motion or Alec or our key uh, wide receivers get something big going and then it's just on from there yeah now, Henry, uh, talking to you about uh, the defensive side of the ball, you were uh, essentially the play-calling linebacker after Cole Reedy went down with a season-ending injury. But then you suffered uh, an injury to your hand or your wrist uh, during the fourth quarter. What was going through your mind at that point? Um, a lot was going through my mind. I really wanted to go in and finish the game. Like I wanted to go in so bad, but I just mm-hmm. couldn't because of the way that my, my arm was numb from the hit, so oh. I couldn't finish it. But I think Riley Austin did a really good job coming in, stepping in for my job as middle backer. We always kind of kept him there. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, just in case I get injured, you're going to have to come in. Mm-hmm. I think he stepped up and made a big play there mm-hmm. towards the end with that tackle. Yeah, I mean, down. yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it yourself. Uh, that was on a third down play that you got hurt. And then next play, fourth down, fourth quarter, we pretty much have to have that stop. I mean, what uh, what did you see from the sidelines? I mean, uh, how how great did it feel to watch your teammates step up uh, while you were down and make that stop? Yeah, I couldn't really see from the sideline, but I was watching mm-hmm. on the big screen, so mm-hmm. I got to see it all. And uh, when I saw us get the big stop on fourth down, I was got really excited, 
and you know then of course there was a fumble and it got went back down to nervousness and Alec came back with the interception and that brought me back up a little bit yeah yeah talking with uh, members of the Monticello football team coach Cully Welter with uh, Jack Spence and Henry Dawson two athletes on the state champion Sages team Cully I'll throw it back to you for this one uh just uh that that last uh, that last offensive play besides uh, a kneel down the last offensive play where uh, where Alec uh, rushed out of the backfield on a reverse picked up 17 yards I mean what was uh, what was going through your head uh, after that play was complete after he had gotten the yardage he needed uh, I was just double checking to make sure uh, <laughs> we had gotten the first down and uh, and uh, and then I was trying to figure out how we're going to organize the victory formation because. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't relax until that final <laughs> gun goes off, and so I called the timeout to, to make sure that we nothing could be uh, left to chance, that we are going to make sure we get that snap and get that state championship. Yeah. Well, uh, Monticello, uh, this is the first time state championship for football, but you have been in this situation before over at Alito. How much did that help you as a coach going into this game? Well, it's been a little bit, a uh, little while, and so some things have changed. But mm-hmm. it's nice to kind of have a plan for the logistics going into the game because it is vastly different from anything you experience as far as your pregame, you know, warming up in the bubble, uh, having to sort of figure out when the game prior to yours is going to finish so that you can plan not have too much time left on the clock before you, before your game or or not enough time so uh having that experience uh, that in that area is probably the most beneficial now uh players athletes i want to ask you the same question i asked uh, uh the gibson city kids we'll start with you jack uh besides the state championship when favorite moment from this 2018 season <laughs> um it would have to be our victory over Carlinville because it was either last year or two years ago we got stopped in the semifinals mm-hmm. and that kind of put a big chip on my shoulder and all of our all of our shoulders yeah. and um, knowing that we could get past the semifinal round because that's the farthest we had been and we got stopped um, was definitely a really great moment in my high school football career sure. for me. Sure. Yeah, and you made me think of something else, uh, Jack. Uh, the crowd support I saw at that Monticello game was amazing, but it, it almost didn't even compare to what happened at Memorial Stadium. It felt like the entire town was out. I mean, how incredible was that just to see that sea of purple filling pretty much that entire section behind your bench? Well, it's definitely great knowing that the whole, pretty much the whole town is behind us, mm-hmm. and that's definitely comforting and uh, makes us know or think that all right, we got to do this for our town and not only for ourselves, but for our town. Like our, the people want to see this. Mm-hmm. So let's make it happen. Yeah. Henry, I'll bounce over to you now. Uh, besides the state championship win, favorite moment from the 2018 season? I'd say definitely Carlinville mm-hmm. as well because, you know, I was also part of that semifinal team whenever we got actually blown out by IC Catholic. So that left mm-hmm. a pretty big chip on my shoulder, mm-hmm. especially. And after the win in Carlinville, it was kind of unreal. I was like, wow, we're actually making it to the state finals. We're going to Memorial Stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the fact that we persevered in that situation and finally made it through after six, I think, six failed attempts mm-hmm. in the semifinals was a good victory for us. Yeah. What, uh, what was the difference between the 2016 team and this one when it came to breaking through in the semifinals? Um, I'd say that uh, we had a lot more confidence okay. this year in our team. And uh, we had that edge we've been playing in that environment before with the same people in the same situation Mm -hmm. and they were both at home too so that was a good help i think 
Kali, I'll uh, ask you the last question here uh, before we uh, send you guys on your way. What's next for this program? I mean, you, you got a, a large, very talented senior class that'll be heading out, but you've got this. Uh, you've set this standard now with the state championship. What's next for Monticello? Well, again, we we try to fixate on on a lot of the aspects of being part of the football program. So uh, certainly, we're hoping that this success is inspirational to our younger kids. Um, but we like to think that the kids come out because they enjoy being part of that experience regardless of how far we go. And so, um, you know, we have a pretty good uh, group of kids coming back. We lose a very talented uh, group of seniors, and, you know, it's going to be kind of up to, to them to decide how far they want to go. And, and I have confidence they're, they're going to try to, to – they're going to aspire to be as good as the teams before them. Absolutely. Well – Thanks so much for joining us again, guys. Uh, Cully, Welter, Jack, Spence, and Henry Dawson from Monticello Football, state champions in Class 3A. And uh, we're going to get to some basketball now. We've filled our football quota for the first ever uh, basketball radio show, so uh, we will be back with more Prep uh, Basketball Confidential right after this. Back to the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Confidential on Light Rock 97.5 and News Talk 1400. Very happy that this show is, is in existence. How about so that? I. Thanks to Dick Van Dyke Appliance World for making it happen. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Right, we're going to so be here all, all season long, a powerful three-hour radio window every Monday night, starting with the Esquire folks, us, Coach Underwood next uh, from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings mm-hmm. in Savoy. Here's the deal. If you want to get a question into Coach, you got to go. That's all right. right. They're not taking calling. All right. All right. Well, Gotta I, go. Uh, I would go, but I, I have more work to do. So some other you. people are going to have to go and uh, ask questions for me. Thank you, Colin, for <laughs> devoting yourself to a, <laughs> a a fine paper tomorrow, which I have in my hands. You do, and in my hands is a lot the of first, high school stuff on the first. first. No, is it the first? No, second boys basketball top ten. Second, yes, second it's one. Changed a little it's bit. changed a lot since the first one because you know early on in the season can be tough to, to gauge which teams are going to be the most successful but uh we're, we're starting to figure that out a little bit here after one week of action where almost all of our teams have played at least one game so uh we have a, we have a few haven't yet but we'll, we'll tell you what we got to uh, hurry up a little bit uh yeah a condensed basketball portion of the show this week let's yes. get after it yeah Colin. absolutely we'll spread this out over uh, the full hour moving forward but like jim said a little condensed this week so we're going to start with boys basketball break down the top 10 very briefly hear from some coaches as well uh checking in at number 10 we've got the fisher bunnies uh they're new to our rankings this week at three and one they play second in the gcms thanksgiving tournament falling to a much bigger school in eureka in the championship game but a good showing for the bunnies in the post Jaden jones watkins world uh, number nine, we've got Judah Christian. Uh, the Tribe did not move at all this week. They're at four and one. They placed third in the Tri County Turkey Tournament. Uh, surprised by the an upstart Tri County team, which I think is about number eleven or twelve on this top ten this week. They uh, they are also four and one. Had a good start to the season, but Judah Christian uh, still uh, hanging on in our rankings here despite an early loss. Uh, number eight, we got the Ridgeview Mustangs uh, up two spots uh, from number ten last week. Rodney Keller's program is four and zero. It won the Route 17 Classic at Woodland and Dwight last week, so quality victories there for the Mustangs. Number six, or I'm sorry, number seven this week is the Cisna Park Timberwolves. Uh, they are one of those few teams that has not played a game yet. Cisna Park has no record at this time. Uh, they're down one spot just because of some other teams uh, already getting off to hot starts in front of them. 
Uh, System Park opens its season tomorrow against Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin. Uh, checking in at number six, we have the St. Thomas More Sabres, who are new to our rankings this week after a 4-1 and start to the season. Uh, they won the Paris Thanksgiving tournament, which is a really quality showing for them. And then they played a competitive game against Muhammad Seymour the day after that tournament ended. Lost by uh, less than 10 points against a uh, pretty talented Bulldogs bunch. So the Sabres appear to be for real. And uh, that's under new coach Alex Anderson, who uh, came over from La Salette Academy in Georgetown during the offseason. And we are joined now by coach Alex Anderson. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for being part of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Well, uh, you uh, you were hired by St. Thomas More uh, less than a year ago, and already your your boys are uh, they're following through on what you're wanting them to do. I mean, could you have have imagined a much better start to this year? No, uh, I mean we we benefited from having a really good group of seniors, and uh, they're they're really hard workers. Every practice, they're really setting the tone, and. Um, with with uh, Dominic McGreen, he kind of leading the charge. He's kind of our unsung leader. He doesn't score a ton of points, but he's our point guard, and he really just he, he leads the charge for us. Well, uh, none of those games in the tournament, at least on the scoreboard, were close by the end. Uh, the, the closest margin of victory, if you call it that, was 17 points, so a lot of uh, blowouts there. I mean, how are your guys able to run away with so many of these games? Well, we... Uh, we really pride ourselves on playing hard-nosed defense, and we didn't let any of the opponents there really get into what they wanted to run offensively. And um, we really we turned our defense into offense quick in most of those games. Um, Lots of that kind of slowed us down, but I thought we still accomplished what we wanted to. And how uh, how quickly have you seen your guys kind of uh, buy into what you're trying to do since your uh, since your move over from Lasolet? It was it was pretty much day one. Um, I felt a really positive energy with the whole group from freshmen to seniors. They really bought into kind of getting their nose in there defensively. We we want to hold opponents under 50 points. We didn't do that the other night against Muhammad, but they've bought into the defensive aspect of practice, and we think if we hold most opponents under 50, we're going to be right there with a chance to win the game. Talking with Alex Anderson, St. Thomas More boys basketball coach. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, La Salette slowing you guys down. That must have been an interesting uh, spot for you, facing off with your former team so soon after departing. Uh, what was that like for you, that game? It was a lot of fun. Um, most of the guys there I coached last year, and uh, they're running a much different system than we had. They, did, uh, they graduated a bunch from last year, and we played more of an up-tempo style than they are now, but it was nice to see that a lot of the kids there have grown and have become much better players. They'll be they'll be a tough team for any, everybody on the schedule this year. Well, uh, what uh, what did what did you learn from the team uh, beyond this tournament? You went and played Muhammad Seymour the day after, which uh, that's a that's a tough non-conference game to schedule early in the year. And you guys, uh, even though you didn't come out victorious, you played them very close. What did you learn about the boys in that game? You know, even even more so than having the non-conference opponent that early we played two games the day before which when when we scheduled that game i knew that was going to be tough on our kids legs um muhammad came out and, and really hit us in the mouth right away we were down 16 to 3 in the first quarter and really my boys could have folded they could have uh they could have kind of given up right there and we cut it down to three points at halftime and we really we really fought um i was i was proud of the effort and like i said having played two games the day before 
you could tell our kids were gassed even in the first quarter. So making that a competitive game and really showing that we belonged at the floor with them, I thought was a, a good showing for us. Well, you talked about Dominic McGreeny being kind of the unsung hero type leader uh, for this team, but who are some other guys along with Dominic who we can expect to be hearing more about this year? Uh, Riley Morris is our leading scorer. I think he's just above 21 per game right now. Uh, kind of does everything inside and outside. He's a six foot six one guard. I think this is his third varsity season, and he's on track right now to hit a thousand points towards the end of it. Um, Bryson Lee, who was a star in the football field, I know the name's familiar to the most most people who will be listening. Um, he's a tremendous athlete. Really can impact the game on, in every phase: offense, defense, you name it. He's going to make an impact. And then last, uh, the last senior starter is Nick Tui, who uh, he's about a six-two guard, shoots the ball really well. Um, it seemed like Muhammad was kind of keying on him, which not a lot of people really know him in the air. I don't think he's played a whole lot of varsity minutes, but he came out hot in Paris, made the all-tournament team, and he can really fill it up if he's on. Well, uh, you uh, obviously have a lot of games to go. We're only through one week of the season. What are some games, uh, Alex, that you're really looking forward to, whether uh, they're tests for your guys or just uh, locations you, you want to go and play a game? What are some games we uh, we should watch with St. Thomas More Boys basketball? Well, I think hosting Urbana this Saturday will be great. Um, it's my my first home game at St. Thomas More, so I've always I've heard the kids say that the home crowds are great, and I came from a place where the home crowds are really second to none. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what it's like to coach at St. Thomas More at the first home game, and then uh, I think the uh, State Farm tournament that we go to in, uh, after Christmas is also something. I'm really looking forward to you look at the field there. There's some of the top 1A, 2A teams in the state. And if you go there and have a good showing, it can only help you for once conference season starts after the new year. Very good. Alex Anderson, St. Thomas More Boys Basketball. Alex, thanks so much again for joining us, and uh, good luck moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Colin. The only bummer about that preseason, not preseason, but the county tournament that was supposed to be played before mm -hmm. uh, Unit 4 called it off would right. have been seeing all these area teams play each other. Alex Anderson's got a little central background, right? St. Thomas Moore would have played central. Now, I know some of these teams wound up scheduling each other anyway out of yes. the blue. St. Joe, Central, mm -hmm. Centennial, Central. Yeah, Central, Centennial playing as early in the season as ever. It's too bad. It was such a great idea mm -hmm. to get all these teams to play each other and it didn't pan out. And I don't think the idea is uh, gone. I don't think the idea is done yet. But as far as hosting the final two days of it in Champaign right now, it just, you know, it's, it's not necessarily viable just because of concerns over mm -hmm. safety. Um, maybe uh maybe that changes you know with the final two days hosted at muhammad or hosted at rantoul or hosted by st thomas more in champagne versus by central or centennial um that seems to be the kind of uh, biting issue with that but we will see moving forward regardless uh, many of the games that were supposed to happen are still are happening just under different circumstances all right here's my prediction Colin. Right. that that urbana team that coach anderson said yes i say they crack your top 10 next week i wouldn't be surprised by that i remember last year i had urbana winning a regional title over muhammad mm -hmm. and uh, didn't quite pan out but urbana's got some talented young kids over there they got uh, among them chris cross uh, son of a former u of i athlete of the same name and uh he was he was a sophomore last year, and I watched him play, and, man, he, he impressed me, and I'm guessing he's probably only gotten better. 
The uh, Tigers uh, took Belleville West, uh, gave them a half a game, uh, the defending so state champs. Pretty big so thing to say. Uh, I would be pretty happy about that. Yeah, good. Can't wait to see that Saturday night game. Absolutely. Well, let's go roll along with our boys' top ten countdown, get, uh, get to some more teams here, although we're already at number five. Uh, the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs, they stay one step ahead of St. Thomas More by virtue of beating St. Thomas More. Uh, however, the Bulldogs are 2-1. and one. They're down one spot. They also lost to Danville, which we will check in with a little later in this top 10. Uh, the Bulldogs, first year under new coach Ryan Bosch after so long under Chad Benedict, uh, still looking pretty good over in Muhammad. Uh, checking in at number four, we have another new coach team, the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. Spartans have only played one game, they're 0-1, but they lost to Champaign Central, which we'll also be hearing more from in this top ten. So not a loss that you can really be, you know, too upset about. Uh, Kiel Duvall, Kyle Duvall, I'm sorry. Uh, Kyle Duvall in his first year uh, running St. Joseph Ogden, and uh, that, that was a really tough game to start off the schedule on. So uh, Spartans going to try and rebound here moving forward to uh, maintain their number four spot in the rankings or possibly move up. Uh, checking in at number three, uh, another team that didn't get off to the best start, but there's a, a, a fair reason for that, the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. Uh, two and two uh, at their own Thanksgiving tournament, but uh, the f- uh, the first half of that schedule is played without their uh, their uh, football stars, who are also boys basketball players, such as Bryce Barnes, who we had on the show, such as Ryland Holt. Uh, once those kids got into the fold, uh, they ended the tournament with a victory. Uh, I would expect to see more of that from the Falcons. They're down from our preseason number one spot, but they're back to full strength. Uh, you can see them in action next on uh, uh, later this week. So, checking in at uh, number two, we have the Danville Vikings. Uh, they are our big risers this week. 5-0, and oh, up five spots after winning the Galesburg Thanksgiving Tournament. Uh, among the wins uh, was a win over Moline, the team that beat Danville in the regional championship game last year when uh, Danville had uh, kids like Kendall Moore, who's over at Colorado State now. Uh, so that's a big uh, confidence booster for the Vikings. And I got to talk uh, with head coach Ted Haupt about that a little bit, uh, about the importance of starting undefeated on this season. I think we had um, some expectations for ourselves that others might not have had. But, you know, as a coach, you're always trying to trying to keep your focus on the, the cliches, the next game, and let's see how, how good we can be each game, see if we can get better. And while we were kind of not paying attention we ended up winning five games in a row and for a young team it's really really important because there's not pressure I don't think we were expected to do that or but I think we had a good summer you know it isn't everything but it's some indication of potential and so I think guys really expected it of themselves and uh, I was a little skeptical but after the Moline game uh, they made uh, made a believer out of me that we we might be able to be pretty good, but we're obviously not getting ahead of ourselves. It's it's early in the year, and uh, we haven't started the Big Twelve yet, and there's a lot of things we still need to work on. But it was it was a great start, and I think kids were very excited. Talking with Ted Haupt of Danville Boys Basketball. Uh, you know, I thought uh, I, I had them at seven in my preseason mm-hmm. poll, my first week poll. I thought the Vikings might be in for a little bit of a dip uh, with the loss of four senior starters. But guess what? Danville's just fine. 
they got a couple sophomores who made that all tournament team in Moline, and that sophomore class is the one that tore it up as eighth mm-hmm. graders in IESA yep. action. So Tev- you, Tevin Smith, a very talented mm-hmm. kid, leading that squad. And you still got Sean Haupt over there as a senior. He was a three-point specialist, along with uh, U of I kicker Caleb Griffin. When the two of them played together, shooting threes from all over the floor. Uh, so uh, good to see the big school Vikings uh, rolling along. Here's the deal: Collins' uh, exclusive top ten runs in every Tuesday's News Gazette, the boys' basketball version of it. The That's girls' right. basketball runs in Monday's News mm-hmm. Gazette. You'll get a sneak peek of that, but uh, we'll try to unveil it here on yes. the uh, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World yeah, Basketball if, if, Confidential. If you missed your uh, print version of Monday's paper, we'll be sure to catch you up on the girls' basketball top ten. But uh, let's round out our boys' basketball top ten before we take our final break of the night. Uh, our number one team is Champagne Central. Uh, up two spots last week. The Maroons opened up the season 3-0. and They defeated Centennial. They defeated St. Joseph Ogden among their three wins to start the year. Uh, the Maroons, uh, another team that lost four senior starters, but uh, led by Khalil Terry, who's been pulled out and playing the point. And they've got some uh, some kids who, uh, some younger kids who are also very talented. Also some seniors who didn't really get a lot of starting time last year who are stepping up and looking good. Uh, so Champaign Central, number one right now under head coach Jeff Finke. All right, that again is in uh, tomorrow's uh, paper. The prep rankings, the state rankings, we have one more week. Mm -hmm. I saw it today. Colin, are you a voting member of that I am a voting member. I have not submitted my votes yet, uh, but as Jim said, next week we will have our first state rankings. All right, looking forward to that and much more. Tell you what, we'll go to the girls' side of the court uh, after this break. The Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Confidential continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. 646, Jim Rosso, Colin Likas, downtown Champaign. Here till 7 o'clock, the uh, Coach Underwood show is next, and Brian Barnhart checks in, says, you know, you, you got to be there to ask questions. You can also text Excellent. questions to the coach. You know like, who likes, are you, you going to beat Notre Dame? You know who likes texting? Everybody. 217-351-5357, Brian Barnhart tells me. You can even voice text, so it's like you're actually asking the question just through your phone. Is that right? I mean, you could. You kids and your phones. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most people have a phone. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. Hey, uh, you can follow along. Speaking of that, uh, we're on Snapchat, News-Gazette. Yeah. We're on Twitter. Yep. See Like Us. See Like Us and capital N, capital G. Yep. We're on Facebook Live. You can oh, see yeah. Colin's mug. You can hang out with my entire family watching yes. the show. That's Every Monday night, it's like a family re- reunion. For pretty isn't much. It? That's yeah. great. Yeah. I didn't even need to go home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I could have just plugged in Facebook Live. Well, uh, we, we covered some boys' basketball this week. Let's hop over to the girls' basketball scene. Uh, let's break down the top 10 that was in Monday's News Gazette. Uh, but in case you missed it or in case you want a little more information about why these teams are ranked where they are, yeah, we've got it for you right now. Uh, checking in at number 10 this week, the Urbana Tigers, 2-1, uh, and one, down five spots. Uh, they defeated St. Teresa in a game that I saw last week, but they lost to uh, St. Joseph Ogden. Nothing to be ashamed about, but uh, uh, the, the, the hot start has kind of been uh, taken down a notch a little bit for the Tigers, uh, who still have some work to do. they got a lot of good pieces. Coach Chris Menig is trying to get his system uh, set in stone there, and uh, I, think he's, uh, I think he's getting it to work. So uh, I think we'll be hearing more from Urbana throughout the year. Uh, number nine, the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs, uh, new to our rankings this week at three and one. 
Uh, they finished third in the Prairie Central Thanksgiving Tournament, uh, this despite uh, two of the th- three Franklin sisters uh, heading back to Arthur Ocaw Christian this year. The third one, Jessica, uh, graduated. Uh, but uh, Muhammad showing it was not just the Franklin sisters' show. Uh, they've got plenty of other pieces there and uh, looking good so far. Uh, number eight, we have the Tuscola Warriors, 3-1, and one, new to the rankings uh, after defeating Cerro Gorda Bement and Villagrobe Heritage in non-tournament action uh, last week. So uh, Tuscola looking good early on under Tim Kohlbecker. Checking in at number seven, we have the Oakwood Comets, 5-1. Uh, and one. They did not move in our rankings this week, stayed at number seven. They finished second in their own Comet Classic to a team we will talk more about here uh, very shortly. Uh, led by Caitlin Young, who's getting Division One looks uh, after she had a successful volleyball season for Oakwood. The Comets uh, uh, appear to be tough to slow down. One team has slowed them down so far, but they appear to be a tough uh, team to stop. So at number six this week, we have the Unity Rockets. Uh, they are new to our rankings as well at four and one. They finished third in the Lady Falcon Bunny Classic, hosted by Gibson City and Fisher. Uh, the Rockets, uh, another team that's uh, off to a strong start locally. Uh, checking in at number five, we have the Sullivan Redskins, 4-0. and uh, They are up four spots, big gainer this week for Sullivan. Uh, they won the Moroa Forsyth Thanksgiving Tournament to earn that promotion in our rankings. Uh, Sherry McCain's team uh, showing that last year's trip to the sectional finals was not a fluke. Uh, Sullivan appears to be the real deal. Did not graduate too many kids from that team that made the sectional finals last year. And uh, looking good right now is Sullivan. Our number four team this week is the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils, uh, who are up one spot at a perfect 5-0. and They won the Timberwolf tip-off at Cisna Park. Uh, another team that's just rolling along, Mike Stevens Bunch. Uh, we've got Emily Midell, you got Annie Nelson, got some talented kids over there. And checking in at number three, we have the Tri-County Titans, who won the Comet Classic at Oakwood. They were the team that stopped Oakwood last week. The Titans, you want to talk about a team that didn't graduate much. Sullivan didn't graduate much. Tri-County, I, I think they graduated one girl, maybe two girls. So a lot of good pieces returning for a Tri-County team that was already very successful last year. I uh, got to chat with Tri-County coach Joe Morrissey earlier today. He talked about the importance of having his uh, four senior starters as well as why he decides to schedule bigger opponents for his small school teams such as Centennial, Paris, Marshall, and the teams they will see in the Charleston tournament. I think all of the girls expect, know what I expect out of them, and you know they're kind of calm, and we, we're, we're just kind of tweaking a few things, changes. I've got less changes than I've been in the past few years with New girls coming in, but again, the four girls have been there. The other girl coming in, we pretty much know what we wanted. Later on in the season, our goal, you know, is to advance in the postseason as far as we can. I think our competition, we need to change a few things and get add some tougher game. We added Marshall also, which would be another tough schedule for us game down the road. We're trying to make make it tough for us. That was Tri County coach Joe Morrissey, our number three team for this top ten. We'll head on to number two now. Checking in at number two, we have the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. They did not move in the rankings this week. Uh, they are 5-0, and perfect on the season. They won the Lady Falcon Bunny Classic, uh, t- uh, a tournament that we're, we're hearing a lot about because there were a lot of good teams in it. So St. Joseph Ogden is our number two team this week. And checking in at number one in our top ten countdown, we've got the Schlarman Hilltoppers, 4-1. Uh, and one. Yes, they lost a game, but it was to a Class 4A opponent in Edwardsville, so you really can't fault them too much. 
Uh, they they ended up beating a Class 4A team, Belleville, uh, Belleville East, right after they defeated, uh, or they uh, right after they lost to Edwardsville, and that was only a seven point loss to Edwardsville. So really, not something you can complain about too much. Uh, if you want to show, you want to you want to get a show in uh, Danville. Uh, this Thursday, Schlarman is going to be unveiling its state championship rings and banner on Thursday night before its game against Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin, home opener for the Hilltoppers. That should be a show. Just quite a run Schlarman's been on here lately. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. unmatched uh, in our area. Yeah, you want to you wanna talk about a uh, a team that didn't really graduate anybody. I mean, they didn't. They had no seniors last year. It was a team... Uh, comprised of a lot of juniors, a few sophomores, and some freshmen. They only added one new girl this year. But, I mean, when you have uh, a girl going to Notre Dame and Anaya Peoples, you've got a girl going to Oakland University and Sydney Girard. you got a girl going to Illinois Wesleyan and Destiny Die. You've got two other kids who are probably going to go D1 or close to it in Capria Brown and Janiah Newell. It's a lot to be happy about for Coach Keith Peoples. All right, you know what I'm going to bring up, Colin? Sure. Kind of like in football, I noticed in last week's top ten, Champaign Central was in there for the girls, and I don't see them this week. Yeah, John, I'm just I'm kind of wondering why. Bit of bit of a stumble. Uh, <laughs> there's still plenty of time for them to pick things up, though. Poncho Moore, one of the one of the nicer guys around. Uh, he's always uh, I, I I run into him pretty much any time mm-hmm. I go to Champaign Central. It doesn't even have to be for basketball. He just always seems to be there, right. and he's always got a, a nice hello for me. How you doing? And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd uh, I like ranking Champaign Central girls basketball. So I hope to get to do it again moving well, forward. He's done a good job of kind of revitalizing that program. They got a lot of younger kids uh, uh, providing a bit of a spark yeah least. absolutely right. yeah there's a it's just you know it's it's tough to to be in the, the bigger schools around here just because uh, you know you play against some smaller competition and for the most part it's winnable games for the bigger teams but then you know you got to go play in those class 3a class 4a playoffs where you got those teams from chicago area and some, mm-hmm. from, from some of the bigger cities and I mean, it's just really, um, it's it's just a challenge uh, to to maybe to keep kids kind of motivated, to keep kids upbeat. I think, but uh, k- guys like Poncho Moore do a great job, and uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing Champagne. Center there was a couple basketball. thoughts here. There was a time when Centennial was at a, quite a That's run right. going on for girls basketball, and and back to Schlarman real quick. Sure. Again, you saw them as seventh and eighth graders tearing mm-hmm. it up at that junior high level, and so often that translates to success at the high school level yeah yeah and uh, I mean one of the stories we had uh, back when Anthony Zillis was our prep sports coordinator uh, was uh, before Anaya Peoples even got to uh, high school <laughs> uh, she was she had multiple division one offers when she was in eighth grade which I mean it's becoming more common now but it's still uh, in this area that's not something you hear about very often if ever so uh, yeah and I think one thing people forget about Schlerman actually is that uh, Keith Peoples, it's not like he uh, just showed up for the good uh, the good of the team and he was going to run off after all these kids graduate. He was at Schlarman for three or four years uh, before his daughter even got into high school. He was trying to build up that program, trying to establish a culture, and I think that was very important to them actually uh, following through on their state championship potential earlier this year. All right, we did this in football when we started the show back in August. We asked Colin, who's going to win a state title? Ooh. And I think he said GCMS. I'm not quite sure if he said Monticello. Yeah, I don't you might remember have if them I to did. Finish that was second. back in August, so I don't even, I mean, so I can't I'm remember. going to do the same thing in basketball here, Colin. This being sure. the first show devoted almost entirely to basketball. Sure. Give me some area teams. To watch. That you might see in Peoria or Normal. Sure. 
Well, I think one you got to lead off with is uh, Schlarman Academy Girls Class 1A. Uh, should Schlarman make it back to the Final Four, um, they would have to play up a class in 2A next year, uh, which I don't think is too big of a concern for them at this moment. They just want to get back to Radburn Arena and win another state title. I would think Schlarman is a front runner. Uh, one team, I, I thought that was too easy of a kind of a kind of a cop out though this morning in Mike Goebel's uh, top of the morning because Schlarman is just you know they they're just so good against uh, local competition and even against non-local competition. So I said that one team to watch in girls basketball would be St. Joseph Ogden as well in Class Two A. I mean they they lost a sectional final to Monticello last year by one point and they returned their leading scorers Bree Trimble and Peyton Crow. Peyton Crow actually uh, signed today with. Parkland College to play basketball. Uh, so those two girls in the fold, St. Joe didn't lose a whole lot. Coach Kevin Taylor's team clearly has bought into his philosophy. I think that's a team we're going to be uh, reading more about in Class 2A and uh, also in Class 1A. I think the Tri-County Titans really uh, have a good shot. I think they only lost five games last year, um, and it looks like they might be even better this year. Any boys teams to uh, look out for? Oh, plenty, yeah. I, I, I lead off, even though I did mention that bigger school competition has it tougher once it comes to the postseason, I do like what Champaign Central is doing right now. I think Khalil Terry is going to really grow into that point guard role, and there's a lot of uh, guys who were role players last year who are stepping up and being bigger parts of the team, and I think uh, Jeff Finke's boys have a ton of confidence to carry it over from from uh, the Tim Finke days, uh, from the Keon Gill days. Uh, that are going to, uh, that's going to help the Maroons out. Uh, GCMS, I think, is a team to watch in Class 2A. St. Joseph Ogden also. Uh, if those two teams have to meet uh, in a regional final, last year it was GCMS and Monticello meeting in a regional final. It was a barn burner. It was decided uh, by a buzzer-beating shot. Uh, GCMS looks real good now that they're at full strength. St. Joe looks good. Uh, returned a lot of key starters. I think those are two teams to watch as well. All right, follow along all season long on Twitter because Colin's a beast, as we say, every show. Mm -hmm. He'll also have video highlights of the games uh, he covers. Uh, Colin, what's next on your uh, menu? What's next on my menu? Well, I think I'm going to go watch Centennial face Danville on Wednesday. Mm. It's one of only two basketball games we have on Wednesday uh, evening. I know on Tuesday I won't be covering this game, but we will have a photographer at the Villagrove Heritage Uni High boys basketball game. Uh, Thursday we'll be over at Schlarman for that uh, unveiling uh, BHRA against Schlarman. Friday, not quite sure what we're going to do yet. Uh, so many good games on the docket. It's hard to, to know for sure what we want to cover on a Friday night uh, just yet. But you'll see me somewhere, I can tell you that much. All right, thanks again for all the guests uh, tonight. Thanks for the football guys for staying oh, yeah. there. Go to newsgazette.com if you do one thing tonight. Watch the video that Anthony Zillis put oh, together yeah with his day with Monticello that on Friday. Cool. Mm -hmm. All access sages. Yep, that was cool. To see the town come out like they did after they won the title is remarkable. I agree. All right, Colin, first of many. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. See ya. That's going to do it for the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential. We'll be back with even more basketball talk next week right here on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. Football season's over. It's on to basketball show. And next, we're going to head down to Buffalo Wild Wings for the Coach Brad Underwood show. Brian Barnhart hanging out down there. We'll see what they have to say following Maui. Maui. We'll talk to you later.